This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. We've been in a series that was birthed out of my sabbatical. And during that sabbatical, I had a problem. I'm used to leading, and there was nobody following. You, you think, well, Christina was there. She was telling me to hurry up and come on through the airports. Come on. And so I'm maybe following more than I'm leading. And as I'm learning how to follow, uh, Jesus began to deal with my heart about that. And we've had uh, now five weeks of studying uh, the art of following Jesus. How do we change who we are? How do we become what God's called us to be? How do we follow him wholeheartedly? How many really, really want to follow Jesus? Can I see your hands? Amen. Overwhelming majority of you want to follow Jesus. Well, we've been learning about what that means. Let's go through this quickly, and then we're going to dive into our point for the day. I think every point that we've learned has been significant. But here's the verse. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 18 says that one day Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee. And as he uh, was, he saw two brothers. There was one, Simon, called Peter, and another, Andrew. And they were casting their net into the lake, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, and help me with this, he said, Come, do what? Follow me. See, that's the same message he's been giving to us is follow me. Uh, not walk along with me, but follow me. And I will show you how to fish for people. Notice this. He said, I'm going to teach you something you never knew before. Could it be possible that one of the reasons why you're not walking in the victory God intends for you to walk in is because you haven't yet learned what he wants you to learn? And then they left their nets, watch this, at once. Stop judging your response time against others. Just start following. And they followed him. Verse 21. A little further up the shoreline, he saw two brothers. There he saw James and John sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, and they were repairing their nets. For uh, And he called out to them to come too. And they immediately, notice this, immediately when? When? Immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. And we're going to get to what that means to leave all of that behind in just a few moments. But as quick as we can, let's talk about the point we've learned each and every week. The first week we learned that Jesus is always going to find the lost. How many are thankful that he seeks for the one that's lost? Amen. Amen. God's good. Then we learned on the second week, watch this now, this one hurts a little more. When we allow a distance in our following, our relationship to other people will change. If you're wondering how you're doing following Jesus, look at how you're doing with other people in your lives. Because if you are hating your brother who you can see, then you're not really loving and following the Jesus you can't see. Third, until you make this personal, you're just a spectator. Come on now. It'll be one thing next weekend when you're yelling, which I'll be yelling with you, but you're yelling at a screen over a football next weekend. But it's another thing to be on the field. It's another thing to be engaged in the walk. And as long as you are simply watching this thing of faith, then there's a problem. We're going to come around to that in just a moment. Then next, 
You can't pay somebody else to follow Jesus for you. So in other words, stop waiting for the worship leader to move the heaven for you so that you get, can get the, as somebody described it to me, the feels. You ought to come in feeling God, combining with how they feel God, and you might watch out, your whole family might end up knowing God. Finally, we learned this last week when we talked about the persecuted church. The price you pay honors the price he paid. Thank you for those of you who prayed with us this week concerning those things. The price you pay honors the price that he pays. And I think what it all really comes down to is, do we really want to follow Jesus? Do we really want to do what God's called us to do? And the question is, in order to do that, we realize that we've got to become obedient to his leadership in our life. We've got to begin to follow him the way that he's called us to follow him and walk in obedience to his plan. And as we're walking in obedience to his plan, there's some things that are going to happen in our life. There's some decisions that we're going to have to make, you see, because most people, they're really not bored with following Jesus at all. But the reality is they're bored with the faith that they do have. And the reason they're bored with the faith that they do have is because they are following rules and not following Jesus. They're checking off boxes instead of following Jesus. Went to church. Check. Pastor preached too long. That should earn me some extra favor. Check. Gave in the offering. Check. Smiled at somebody I don't like. Check. Come on now. We're too busy trying to check off boxes. And the reality is, if you're thinking that following the rules is what makes your faith a reality, then you're already in trouble because that's called the Pharisees. The Pharisees were people who wanted to follow all the right rules, and they created these thousands of rules that Jewish people to this day have to follow some checks. Do you realize that when they wake up in the morning, that they, when their feet hit the floor or when their eyes open, they're supposed to say a blessing that thanks be to the Lord who's given them a new day? What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing's wrong with that. But the problem is they made it a checkbox that something's wrong with them if they didn't do it. It's sort of like people will say to me, you know, try this. How many of you hate when you're like eating with someone super spiritual and you forget to say the blessing before you start? Try being the pastor and forgetting to say the blessing. And then you can sound super spiritual and say, it's all blessed in Jesus' name. Last service, somebody came up to me and said, Pastor, we figured that out. And I said, what did you do? They said, we just started putting all the groceries on the table when we walked in from the store and said, blessed in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's not a checkbox. It's not some incantation to keep it from being poisonous. You know, it's like somebody said to me, I forgot to pay my tithes last week. Please tell me I'm not going to hell. I'm like, you're not going to hell. Financially, you might feel like it, but you're not going to hell. Why? Because that's not the heart of the matter. You see, if I were to tell you that Jesus was a rule breaker, I would probably be preaching a false doctrine. He wasn't a rule breaker. Jesus was the one who showed you the heart of the rule. He showed you what was really trying to be accomplished, what was really trying to be said. And so if we've created this religion of check boxes, you're going to end up stale and broken and hurting. But Jesus said, I'm going to show you why. You don't pay your tithes so you can check. You honor God so that you can say, Lord, I realize all good things come from the Father of lights. Amen. 
You've blessed me. You've been good to me. You've caused me to prosper. I want to thank you for what you've done for me. And it all comes from the heart of the matter. But we get it all messed up into check. And when all the boxes are checked, we can go about our own business. But following Jesus is not a part-time gig. Tweet that one. This is kidding. Following Jesus is something that will consume your life. But we make it a check. It's sort of like, see, the Pharisees had all these check boxes. And, and the Lord dealt with me about a scripture the other day that really just has shaken my life. It, the, the, the scripture is about the Sabbath and honoring the Sabbath. So we're talking about honoring the Sabbath. And as we're talking about that, the Bible tells us that one day Jesus is out walking with his disciples through the wheat fields on the Sabbath. And while he's walking through the wheat fields with his disciples, you know, they were in a hurry. They didn't have time for breakfast. So they grabbed the heads of the wheat, and they rub them in their hands, Scripture says, and they turned them into Wheaties. Come on now. All right. And then they ate them. Not literal Wheaties. Some of you went, no, 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 no miracle here. I mean, they just flat wheat, okay? And then they ate it. And as they ate that flattened wheat, then what happened? As they ate the flattened wheat, there were some Pharisees walking with them. I want you to notice something. They weren't following Jesus. They were spectators out for the journey. And they look and they say this. Oh, your disciples have broken the law of the Sabbath. You have broken the law of the Sabbath. You are now guilty. And as they say that, he says to them, hey, guys, listen, this, this, this. And they're arguing with him. And finally, he says, you know what? The Son of Man, he says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And he makes it all plain for them. And they're not happy because they're out with him, watching him, trying to trip him up. And the Bible tells us they get so angry at his response that when they get to the synagogue, watch what they do. The Bible says they set a trap for him because they know there's a man there whose hand is withered. And if he heals him, they can now judge him for the second offense on that day of the Sabbath. And that gives them the right to take him outside of town and kill him. So they set up this trap. What did I say they did? They set up a trap. This is so important. And Jesus is sitting there, and the Bible says he knows their minds and their hearts, and he looks at them and he says, what is right, to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? And they just kind of, well, and, and so he finally says this. He says, is it right to heal or to kill? And then we've always read that, and that's just kind of blown right through my mind. But this week, I'll tell you what God showed me about that. Jesus' job, he declared it was to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal the sick, to cleanse the leper, to raise the dead, to set the captives free. That was his job description that he gave himself. So he says, my job is to heal. Their job, watch this, as the Pharisees was to kill people who didn't check the right boxes. Can I tell you the reason that some churches are not growing the way God's called them to grow is because they're trying to cram people into a box that Jesus is saying, I didn't create for them to walk in. Instead, God's not calling you to cram into a box. He's called you out of the box of shame and out of the box of division and out of the box of problems to set you free. But he says, 
wait a minute. My job's to heal, and your job is to kill. Which one of us is doing our job or not today? And he shows them, I'm simply doing what's natural. You're the one who's working and breaking the heart of what this is all about anyways. Can I tell you what makes you form boxes in your life? Are you ready for this? Here we go. Your level of comfort of obedience. What you do is you say, I'll serve God this far. So what I'm going to ask you is, what is your mark then of disobedience? Because when you stop obeying, you start disobeying. And you say, okay, here I am. This is how far I'll go for you, God. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back unless I have to be good to that neighbor. You know what just jumped into my spirit? I don't know who this is for. It's probably for somebody watching. Unless I have to be good to the president of the homeowners association. Somebody went, oh, Lord, he's reading my mail. Unless I have to treat my brother-in-law this way. What's your level of disobedience? I mean, I'll follow Jesus as long as he doesn't ask me to forgive so-and-so. Now listen to me. It's truth. And the truth of the matter is, we say, God, I'll follow you this far, but I'm not going to go further. I mean, I'll follow you to the edge of the furnace, but I don't know how, I don't know how anybody can go into the furnace. And I tell you, you'll never know the fourth man in the fire until you learn to follow Jesus all the way. Until you follow him the whole way. So you have to identify what's your level of disobedience because I can do it if it's this, but don't ask me this. And then I want to challenge you with this today. Being a Christian is not a noun. No, no, no. Being a Christian, you can say I'm a Christian all day long, but until you act like a Christian, a, being a Christian is a verb. You're not really a believer until your actions bear out what you've been saying. Oh, I love God, I love God, I love God to this point. You know what I just realized? It took me 10 more minutes to get another one of the services this morning to this point. I, I think you guys just got that. Give me an amen. amen. And I'll move on to the next point. You see, many have invited Jesus to follow them, and they call him Savior, but they've never surrendered to him as Lord. When you can serve Jesus on your schedule, there's a problem. Serving Jesus becomes about following him. And why were they hungry as they walked through the fields? Because he had said, come on, let's go. And maybe they hadn't eaten yet. Why were they where they were? Because they left. They didn't, I mean, think about it. Shouldn't they have packed away their nets? He said, no, follow me. They learned to walk on his schedule. Sir, listen, somebody needs to hear what I'm about to say. This is from the living God. Serving Jesus 
is going to invade your world at a time that seems inconvenient. Yeah. I'm like, God, help me to honor you today. And then I see the person I would rather run over than smile at. Well, don't you act all spiritual. You know what I'm talking about. I know you. But then, God says, Son, there's the way I want you to follow me. Here's the path. No, 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 Lord, I was going this way today. I was going to go take care of orphans today. And he goes, why would you bring your gift to the altar of that when you have hard feelings against that one? Why don't you leave that alone and then let's fix this, then I can bless that. You know where it gets even realer? More real, excuse me, realer is not a word, more real. When... You hear a verse that says, don't speak evil of those who are in authority over you. You're like, ouch. Following Jesus will change who you are. There are three places you're always, destinations you're always going to end up with Jesus. Ready? Away. Away. They left their boats behind. They left their father behind. They left their nets behind. They immediately followed him. Watch this. Away. Following Jesus always takes you away from what you thought your life was going to look like. You're supposed to have this image, and Jesus is supposed to shine it up and make it feel better for you. Most of us want a remodeler to take our plans and do what we want. And Jesus said, no, 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 you're living in a shack and I have something better for you that will last longer and be stronger, but it's not going to look like anything like you thought it would look like. If you'll follow me, it will be something that can stand the test of time. But God, I just don't want to be, I just don't want to uh, be sad. No, no, no. He said, I'm not going to make you where you're not sad. I want to f- show you the reason and find the reason inside of you that brings the sadness on you. And then I'm going to heal you. And then I'm going to use you to heal others because I'm calling you away from the things that used to destroy you into something better. Wow, you guys are a smart crowd because half the time on that point, feel good about yourselves. Second, amen. Second place it's going to take you always will take you among the hurting. We have the ability to see things and not see things in some interesting ways. Um, you know, sort of like when you buy a car and you've never seen that car until you bought it and then everybody's driving it. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's not that everybody went, oh, wow, he has it. Now I got to go buy it. It's that your, it's a clinical term, reticular activating system was not yet engaged concerning that object. So the reason now you see it is because now you have your mind on it. It's sort of like this. Charlie and I enjoy the different styles of Tesla. Anybody like, te- anybody like Tesla in the service? Okay. Some of you, some of you are like, what's that? 
we like those cars, okay? And so we enjoy looking for them. We like them so much that, that we've turned on our reticular activating system about it, and we have a game about it. it it's awesome. I mean, it's great because we'll be driving down the road, and, and whoever sees the one first gets to go Tesla first, and you know, you know how you play that game? And so, and, and, and so I'll have like five, and he'll be like, Tesla, Tesla, and he'll have like nine, you know, and, and, and he's always winning. But then the other day I was tired of him winning. turned on my reticular activating system, and he still was beating me. So I didn't say a word. I just rerouted the truck. I drove down Highway 9 toward a Roswell. I stopped at a red light. I stopped at a red light. I just started doing this. Tesla, 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 Tesla. Tesla. He's like, what are you doing? I just kept saying it. Tesla, 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 Tesla. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 22. And then the light turned green. And just as I went by and he couldn't see it, I said, we were sitting next to the Tesla shop right there. (laughs) I said, I won. And I did, finally. But the reason for that was I turned on the activating system and I went out of my way to find it. If you're going to serve God, you better turn on your activating system about the hurting people around you. Now, I might give some of our kids a a, a rough time, give them a hard time around here sometimes because, you know, like this one, I always give them a hard time about uh, his his way he plays basketball. But there's a young man in our church, Pastor Todd talked about it Wednesday night. His name's Aaron. And Aaron was at work the other evening. And while he's at work... He's running a cash register at a restaurant, and this lady steps up, and she's got this this phone that won't really work their app right. And, and, and as she as she comes up, uh, she makes her order, and she goes to pay with her app, and the phone won't work. So she can't buy her food. And Aaron's standing there, and like the lady can't pay, and so he said that something spoke to him and said, "Buy her food." And he remembered in his pocket he had a, a card for that, that restaurant. And so he reached in, got the gift card out, and swiped it. And after he swiped the card, it had $1 left, and she had a dollar. So she said, here. And, and so he said, there you go, ma'am. And, 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 and he said, you know, he was ready to move on to the next customer, and she stopped. And this is what she said to him. She said to him, young man, what you didn't know was today's my birthday. And said, not one family member, not one friend has told me happy birthday. And no one except for you has given me anything. No one except for you has showed me you cared. I'm pretty proud of that guy. I'll still give him a hard time about his basketball. But I'm pretty proud of him. Why? Because that's what following Jesus really does. Following Jesus can't really say, I'm just going to get in Walmart and get out and all I need is milk. Come on now, I just read your mail. Following Jesus says, show me those in my path that need Jesus today. Following Jesus means you'll stop and see the hurting. and You'll love them no matter what. Final place that it's going to take you, it will always take you to the place that's alone. See, the scripture tells us that Jesus would, re- would often go out 
alone into the wilderness to pray, up into the mountains to pray alone. A lot of people say, well, he was just getting alone with the Father. And yes, he was getting alone with the Father. But I also think there was more than that. I think that Jesus was practicing. I think he was practicing because the day was going to come and it would be there very soon that he would be all alone. They said, we'll never leave you. We'll never forsake you. He said, well, as for you, you're going to deny me before the rooster crows in the morning and the rest of you are going to disappear. And one of them stayed way too long and so they grabbed him also and he said, well, I, that's as far as I can go. That's, a, that's the level of my obedience. And he actually, they had him grabbed by the shirt. He came out of his shirt and actually ran naked into the night, Scripture tells us. He was willing to even walk in shame to walk away from Jesus. Jesus would stand there in that night all alone, surrounded by people as they beat him, spit upon him, ripped the beard from his face, cursed him, mocked him, judged him, condemned him. He would be alone when they would, when they would tie him to a whipping post. He would be alone when they would nail him to a cross. He would be alone when he cried out, feeling so lonely. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He would hang there all alone, it seemed. But not alone. He felt abandoned. But it was the same God that he was reconciling the world to that was within him hanging on the cross. Can I tell you that if you're going to follow Jesus, it's going to seem like there's times in your life that everyone you could trust has abandoned you. Everything you thought you could stand on has been shaken. Your abilities will fail you. Your own, uh, uh, opportunities will seem to disappear. Everything you think can handle it will be gone. And all you will have left is God Almighty. And you'll realize He's all that mattered the whole time. I guess I'll close with a story that I was just sharing. I shared years ago. I think it was like years ago. There was a young girl, an Irish girl. Her name was Agnes. This young girl named Agnes felt God call her to follow him. And so she went to, to, to be trained how to follow and, and serve God. And so as she went to be trained, Agnes said, I want to, I want to follow your paths and I want you to, and suddenly an opportunity came up for her to visit India. And so she said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go. And she felt like she was following God to India. And when she got to India, she, she was so overwhelmed with the need of the children of India. She said, she said, God, I feel like you're leading me. I will follow you and take care of these children. So she went to those who were over her, the mission board that had allowed her to come there. And she said to them, she said that God has called me and I have three pennies and a dream to build an orphanage. Can you imagine what those men said to her? How they belittled her? Three pennies won't build anything, they said. You can't build an orphanage with three pennies. Why are you wasting our time? Three pennies can do nothing. And she smiled and said, Oh no, you didn't hear me correctly. I have three pennies and a dream from God. And three pennies 
with God can accomplish everything. They mocked her more, but she walked out and began to minister. As she began to minister, she would spend 50 years of her life ministering to the children of Calcutta. In 1979, they would bring Agnes, who was now known to the world as Mother Teresa, and give her the Nobel Peace Prize. And the world would celebrate the work of a young girl who said, I will follow Jesus even when others don't understand how or why, because with him and following him, I can do everything. And she followed Jesus to the point that people would line it for days and say, tell us how to follow him as well. And her words were simple. You need to follow him until you find your own Calcutta, or in other words, until you find your own reason for living, your own reason to be obedient with God. What is your mark of obedience? You'll never know it until you choose to join me today and repent of your mark of disobedience. Stand with me today if you would. What an honor it is to bring you this message. I feel sorry for most pastors because they don't have the type of church that I get to pastor. You're a good-looking bunch of people. Can I get an amen for that? You're wonderful people, blessed of God, chosen of God, a generous people. Do you know why I get to be here with you? Not anything I did. I'm sure there's many that could have led this church to greater places over these past 30 years. But simply this, and those that are listening from all six campuses, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. None of this is based on any man or anyone's skills. All of this is based on the fact that a small group of people 30 years ago said, Dawsonville, Lord, we will follow. And from Dawsonville, the message has now gone around the world. I invite you as one who has spent his life not following as well as I should, but trying to follow him as best as I can. Join us on this journey. Stop watching and start following Jesus. Bow your heads with me in this place. Living God, you see everyone that's in this room. I really feel like there's some young people in this room right now that have been struggling with the call of God for their life that will last 30 and 40 years. God, I thank you that right now you're going to solidify that call on their life. I didn't pray this in any other service, and I don't remember praying this in the last five years, but somebody in this place, God's calling you into the ministry. You need to listen to what I'm praying over you. God, help them not to get ahead, but to begin to follow you. And when they follow you, the doors and the opportunities shall open and they as well will find the right mission field for their lives. For everyone that is here, Father, I thank you for your goodness and favor. I thank you, Lord, that you've called us to, to identify what we've been holding back from you, that place that we say, I can't forgive, I can't forget, I can't do this, I can't do that, and Lord, we'll begin to change completely. We'll be called away from who we used to be, called to who we're becoming. 
And Lord, we'll know that you're using us to minister to others and you haven't forsaken us when we feel alone. Speak to our hearts now. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. If you'd say, Pastor Don, God has a purpose for my life. I feel like he's calling me to follow him. I don't know what that is yet, but he has a purpose for my life. I'd like to see your hand if that's you. Hands literally going up around this room. Thank you. Thank you. Young and old alike. Thank you. Follow Jesus. and He's going to make it clear. Increase your level of obedience and it will be more open than you could have ever imagined. With that said, I'm thankful for, I mean, there's some that are as young as I was when I began that are responding right now. Following Jesus, he's got a great plan for your life. Now with those hands down, if you would for just a moment, I'm gonna pray for you in a moment. I wanna ask, is there anybody here that would say, Pastor Don, I've not started following Jesus. I've never given my life to Jesus. Maybe you've asked and invited him to follow you, but you have never chosen to follow him yourself. And you'd say today, I want to serve Jesus with my life. And wait a minute, let me be clear here. You're saying I've never started making him Lord of my life. So you want to surrender to Jesus or you took it back in your own hands and you want to recommit your life to Jesus. If that's you, could I just see your hand right where you are? Would you hold it up high so I know to pray for you? Hold it up high. Thank you. Are there others that would join with these few? Are there others waiting on you today? all around this room. Thank you, thank you. Are there others today? Thank you. Are there others? That's been about five. Are there others today? In Jesus' name, hallelujah. See those hands, you can put those down. All right, we're gonna pray a simple prayer. The Bible says, if I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in my heart that he was raised from the dead, that God raised him from the dead, that I would be born again. Somebody asked me, I said, why do you pray that simple prayer all the time? Here's the reason. You ready? I pray it all the time because one, it's the most important prayer we can ever pray. But two, I want to say it the same way so that the next time somebody asks you, you can remember because you've quoted it so many times and you can lead them yourself. So let's pray together with these. Join with me today with these five that are choosing to start following Jesus today. Maybe there are many more online. Pray with us as well. Let's pray together. Jesus, by faith, we declare that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And in Jesus' name, from this moment forward, Heavenly Father, we receive your grace that was bought for us by the sacrifice that Christ made. From this moment forward, all that we are, all that we will ever be, belongs to you. And in Jesus' name, I now declare, God is my Father, heaven is my home, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you for these that have prayed that. Many of them I've never had the honor of praying with before. Thank you, Father, for what you have done. Thank you for the many who've said that you've got a call on their life. And Lord, they're, they're seeking for how to follow. Increase their level of obedience in the everyday moments when they feel to buy that meal for that person, when they feel to share that encouraging word, when they feel to say, how can I be a part and how can I help? Lord, increase that. And in the name of Jesus Christ, great things shall be accomplished. Amen and amen. Why don't you give God a mighty praise this morning. God is so good. Amen.
What's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now? To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. Thank you.